Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the Dennis Knows Food podcast. I'm your host, Luke Labrie, and in this episode, we're talking about using the restaurant reopening guidance that has been provided to everybody for marketing your business. Joining me in this episode is Carrie Weston, partner at Sutherland Weston Marketing Communications. Now, this is a Zoom recording, so I apologize for the audio quality that is Zoom for you. But I think at this point, we've all become accustomed to what that sounds like. So without further ado, here is episode 58. I've got Carrie Weston here with me on the podcast. Carrie, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Hey, Luke, good to be here. We were talking last week about this checklist and an idea came to mind and I can't take full credit for it. I was inspired by uh, Kathleen at uh, Hospitality Maine and uh, she had the idea of using the uh, checklist as a guide for marketing in terms of showing how a restaurant or an operation is utilizing that checklist uh, and then showing it through messaging to their customers as a way to bolster confidence. And I really kind of liked that topic, so I wanted to tap you uh, as a creative agency partner uh, and really just a, a marketer uh, on how businesses and restaurants specifically could take um, the idea of marketing to the checklist and run with it. And before we dive deep, I want to start broad, you know, to get us warmed up. So. First of all, you know, what are some of the most beneficial platforms or methods for businesses to get a message out to their customers right now? Yeah, so um, that's a good question. And it's going to vary depending on business, right? But one of the things that we're finding, uh, um, again, common sense, one of the things we're finding is more people are home than ever. Uh, and so getting people into their office or reaching people in their office isn't working so well. Social media tends to be one of the ways in which we've found more success in getting in front of folks. They're cruising computers, they're spending more time on social, they're connecting like this, uh, using Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, different ways, more so than they ever have and more during the day, right? Um, so that, that for me is not even just being creative, but being vigilant and consistent in social media has probably been the most rewarding ROI that we've seen in shifting some businesses and regarding of what, uh, what industry they're in. Now on social, uh, are you seeing an increase on people asking about paid boosts or paid advertising that previously probably weren't doing it? Yeah. So, you know, um, never let a crisis, um, you know, go to waste, right? And people are now recognizing things that we've probably been talking about for two or three years. And now they're realizing that it's not only a luxury, it's a necessity. And uh, yes, yeah, so there's more people having conversations about paid search, uh, paid uh, social. Uh, they're paying more attention as to what they look like online. They're paying more attention as to where they're found online or who's finding them online. Uh, and so they don't have the luxury of having their digital presence be a complement to their in-person or sales presence. It's becoming their only presence. And when that's the case, you tend to tend to pay a lot more attention to the details. I think that's a really key point, it being a primary presence for your business, for your brand. <laughs> if you haven't spent time investing in it, you should be. Oh, man, catching up now, right? I mean, you, you speak with businesses and restaurants and organizations all the time that literally have lost their primary means of connecting to in-person. And so it's certainly become a necessity far more than it was just 60 days ago. 
what are some of the common questions that you're hearing from clients in regards to you know increasing what they're doing? So uh, won't come to a surprise as you because you spend time in this world like I do. But uh, what do I do and how? Right. Those are the basic questions. It's not about silver bullets and being fancy. It's really about basics. And what do I do? Where do I do it? And how often do I do it? Um, and the answer, quite frankly, comes down to sincerity and transparency are the two things that we're preaching. It's probably the same conversations you're having. But the more you can connect, the more that you can show that you are just like them and going through it together and looking for solutions and here to, you know, here to help and, and show that uh, the human side of your business, the better off you are in building relationships with people either you've done business with before or perhaps you're meeting for the first time. Are you seeing, you know, as an agency, are you seeing more people asking for you to do the thing or for advice on how they do the thing? Both, um, uh, you know, answers have become um, currency for us, you know, where services primarily uh, is how a service business, right, by definition, um, has made revenue. But I'll tell you, in trying times like this, just being the trusted source that people turn to for information um, pays uh, a lot of dividends in the relationship, maybe not in the immediate, but certainly in the, in the medium to long term. So I'm getting both. Our agency is getting both. We're asking to um, not only uh, uh, provide services, right, but provide guides, um, editorial uh, calendars or, or just best practices. You've got people now that have businesses where they've either, either laid off employees or they're asking people to do things that they didn't normally do. Um, and so with that extra time, again, back to our earlier conversation, people are spending more time focusing on this digital thing. Um, and they're asking their employees to catch up as well. So sometimes we do the work and sometimes we're offering guidance, but most of the time it's a hybrid of the two. We're doing more teaching. We're doing more guidance, right? We're doing most best practices and suggestions to help somebody else come along. And that, and that again, pays dividends in the relationship, and it's the right thing to do. So you can grow a customer or client relationship with the teach a man to fish model. 100%. Uh, and for us, it's become a primary marketing source for our own agency, right? We've got to eat our own dog food. And I can tell you one of the things that scared the heck out of me uh, come mid-March uh, was what is our agency going to look like? What are our customers going to do? Are they going to stick around? Um, how do we feed ourselves and how do we feed our employees? Um, but the giving model, and I know you subscribe to it as well, give it away. Um, has really worked for us. It's, it's enabled us to become a trusted source of information uh, through in-person. We used to do in-person back in the day. Remember, we can all sit in a room together and be three feet apart and not have to worry about it. Oh, but we turned that days. into webinars. and Right, the big old days back in the early 2020s, the um, webinars and, and, you know, video live chats and whatnot. Um, has actually not only secured and helped us with current relationships, but we've grown clients um, in the last quarter from just being that person that's helping and giving it away. So uh, it does pay dividends to give it away for free, even though it feels maybe like you're wasting your time. What's the number one message, in your opinion, that a food service, a restaurant business should be getting out to their customers right now? Uh, so I'm not a restaurateur. I'm going to tell you that right off the bat. Uh, I think you cannot do enough to show that you are abiding by guidelines, that you appreciate and understand the anxiety 
and you're doing everything you can to make sure that your restaurant is the restaurant of choice or the takeout of choice for folks that have maybe a little bit of apprehension but want to um, get back to whatever normal they can define. Um, the more you can show that you understand, that you relate to, and you are appealing to that um, need, right, uh, to follow those guidelines, I think that's the best asset that a restaurant at this point can do. Thank you for that awesome transition, because that takes us right into this restaurant checklist. And as I said, I think there's an opportunity here for people to use this as a guide, especially those that are new to social media. And one of the things I hear all the time is, I would do more if I knew what to talk about. Uh, I just don't know what to say. You know, I don't have time to think up content. This, this checklist is basically a content guide for the time we are living in. And to your point, right, transparency, cleanliness being a major concern, um, there's three things right on the first page that address that, which is, um, in my opinion, the three biggest, PPE, uh, sanitization, and distancing. And, you know, if you could take and show your customers, potential customers, how you are addressing those, you can put the minds at ease of customers that might want to come to your establishment. Um, so to take that one step further, in your opinion, in a, from a marketing perspective, how could businesses show, you know, that they're taking these actions and that their customers can trust their establishment? Um, so a couple, for instances that I've seen, um, photos or video of the actual establishment itself, whether it be the, the storefront outside with the signs, right, that kind of literally say, you know, this is this is what it takes to come in, or this is what we're asking for to come in, or this is what's mandated, or don't come in, right? Um, but taking the um, anxiety out of knowing what's there and who's there, I think is the number one thing. So showing as much visual as possible. Um, there's a couple of restaurants I've seen in our own town that are doing a lot of photo-based content on Facebook specifically, and they're making sure to have at least um, one person in every shot. It's not about the food anymore, right? It used to be about the food and the environment and the atmosphere. We don't have environment and atmosphere anymore, right? Now it's about the people and the process. And so they're showing the people in the process in masks, or they're showing the safety precautions, or they're showing the tables being distanced, or they're showing the tape on the floor, or they're showing the what to expect when you get to the door kind of thing, or they're actually showing the curbside uh, pickup information, you know, that kind of thing. They're showing more process, um, and just back to your list, they're just reverse engineering uh, what the best recommendations are and through actions and visual content showing that they're adhering to. On that visual content, in order to get that message out, to have it be received and fall within your brand and, and not feel like, well, like any car commercial right now, hey, we're all in this together, blah, 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 insert blank message here. How do you personalize that to your brand and not necessarily beat over the head like, hey, we're wearing gloves. Look, see, you know, how, how do you subtly incorporate that message? So this is where the divide comes in. This is the digital divide of those that were doing it before COVID and those that learned that they needed to do it during COVID. And those that were practicing beforehand probably were getting a little bit more comfortable with just kind of not being perfect, right? With showing uh, an everyday slice of life or showing behind the scenes or showing those candid moments or showing things that you wouldn't normally see to humanize, personalize, and kind of build a story that someone can relate to. What I'm noticing is those folks are taking that spirit of culture and people um, 
and just continuing it. But again, like I said, with different props, right? So they're not just showing beautiful pictures of food anymore. They're showing people working with masks and they're continuing that. They're being brave enough, right? To show that um, they're not perfect, that they are um, trying to figure this out along the way. And quite frankly, the rules change every day anyway, right? So um, they're trying to figure it out and they're showing you by candid moments and just practicing in the kitchen, uh, you know, that they are adhering to. The tough one comes from the folks that weren't practicing culture uh, or community or any sort of connection uh, on social media or Facebook or what, or Instagram prior to COVID. And they're trying to use that now to, and those are feeling forced, right? Um, that's when you're getting, um, you can tell when someone's trying too hard because they're doing, like you said, there's literal things, right? There's literal signs. We are doing this or look at us. We are wearing masks or having fun and showing their personality and showing that slice of what it's like inside your operation uh, takes a little bit of courage, right? And for some, it's a little uncomfortable, but it's the best way to connect to people uh, to be yourself and to be sincere. And I think you referenced it earlier. It's tough to show smiles now, right? You can't show facial expressions uh, from the mouth down. Everyone kind of looks the same, right? You can't even open your phone. The Standing in line at Home Depot the other day, I was actually smiling at the guy because he looked like he was having a bad day, but he had no idea, right? Because I got the claw. Right? So I felt, I thought, oh yeah, I can't connect with him. I can't. So how do you do that? There's a lot more, I'm no, noticing a lot more hand signals now. I'm thinking thumbs up and, you know, how, you know, that, Stuff that you wouldn't normally do because your face would do it for you. Um, I think that works on uh, social media as well, right? The stuff that kind of relates to human emotion without the face um, is also making you look like you get it as well inside your shop. But it's, I got to tell you, I, I, I'm talking to a lot of people that are now realizing, as we said before, that social is needed. It's not a compliment to, it's the only driver of now of the business. And so getting through that uncomfortableness of it has to be perfect or it has to be staged or it has to be literal is a difficult place for some people to be, but it's an absolute necessary one for most. I've noticed in the conversations that I have with operators, there's this doorway that they can't walk through in terms of on the other side is the social media content that they could be putting out. But because they're in their operation day in and day out, they think that nobody necessarily wants to see what they do but that is exactly what people want to see they want to see the personal interesting stuff that makes your business unique and to your point that's where they're going to create that emotional connection you know it doesn't matter if your if your video isn't perfect if your picture isn't the best as long as it's unique to your business it will resonate with your customer base and real right we forget that we're real too and um a lot of business owners have that anxiety of they forget they're a human, right? And they and they position their marketing and their social as a business spewing facts to which they would never um, relate to. They would never read it or connect with. But for some reason, they think that that's what they're supposed to do and their customers well. But when you flip the script, they would never be intrigued by or, or like or interact with the content they're putting out. And so I would just simply say, um, you know, think of yourself. If, if you yourself wouldn't find it interesting, then perhaps others won't either. Um, and the ability to, again, it takes courage, right? It takes courage to to showcase behind the curtain in the old Wizard of Oz mode. But um, that's the only thing that's real. That's the only thing that's you. That's the only thing that's unique is what you do each and every day. And there's a lot of businesses that have imposter syndrome, right? 
and they think that they're faking it because everyone else is smarter and knows more and knows how to do it better. And the fact of the matter is everyone else is just trying to do it as well. Maybe they've done a little more than you, but they're just trying to figure it out too. You said if it's not interesting to you, it might not be to other people. And I would just add a word of caution to anybody. Let's say, for example, you're a local restaurant that bakes their own bread and rolls every day, right? And you've been going in and doing it for 20 years. That's probably not very interesting to you, but to your potential customers um, and your audience, that that is interesting, especially if they've never seen it happen before. Right. That's the imposter syndrome is, is because I can do it. it. must Everyone must be able to do it. Right. And that's where most people fall down is those little things that we've come to do by instinct and repetition. We don't think are special and different anymore. So therefore, no one else must be interested in it. And therefore, I'm not either. Um, but there's a whole world out there waiting to see what you can do by instinct, because the things that you've learned, the reason you have your business is because you can do certain things perhaps better than others. And again, showing the little details of what goes into the big day. Um, is an excellent way of using social media. You touched on um, two marketing um, tactics. One, social media. The other, um, signage, you know, physical stuff at your location. Both have opportunities to get your message out, convey the the COVID measures. Um, But one, um, the physical signage, there's an investment there. And I know you have experience in the actual production of these uh, signs and posters and, and you know, all the graphics that go along with this stuff. I know as part of the mandates, food service operations need to have signage in place. Any recommendation as people pursue doing these? And I'm going to add one more thing in there. There is a monetary and time investment involved here that they need to consider. And, and that also involves menus because it says on this document, um, menus need to either be laminated or um, disposable. So now we have these operations looking to invest and it's not easy to overhaul your menu or to get menu, new menus printed. Um, so there's some printing considerations there. Any advice in, in that area? Yeah, you threw a lot at me. So let me, uh, let me, let me I go didn't backwards. mean to. I just got the gun going. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that too. <laughs> Part C, subsection E. Um, so the first thing I would say on the signs is uh, same thing we say with PowerPoints or presentations. Keep them simple. Keep the words minimal and, and don't overpower it, right? We don't need a novel on an 8.5 by 11 piece of paper hanging from your door. Um, there are some signs that you're going to have to put up mandated by that same checklist that you're talking about. So that's pretty straightforward, and, and you can pretty much get those everywhere. But on the signs that we're talking about from a from meaningfully different and unique or your story or whatever's happening at your shop point of view, think of them as an investment in your business. Um, I've always been surprised by those uh, that put together, uh, as I say, the closer you get to the product or the closer you get to the promise, the less obvious the promise becomes. And, and there are folks that will put together stunning or, or uh, just be everywhere with television commercials or, or marketing commercials in general to promote a product inside a store. But the minute, you know, to, to, the minute you actually get in that store and get closer to the product, the signage and the messaging and all that stuff that they promise goes away and you actually end up not even finding what it is that you're looking for. The closer you get to the product, you should be reinforcing those messages you're putting out there. So if you're, reinvest, if you're investing in social and talking about all of the procedures and the culture and, and personality and sincerity and transparentness of your, of your shop, maybe those signs should have a little bit of flavor as well. You know, I mean, maybe they should 
take into consideration that there's a human that's made a decision amongst a pandemic with some anxieties to come to your place, right? Whatever that place may be, maybe black and white with no personality um, isn't the right direction to go. Maybe you say thank you. Maybe you welcome them with the message of, by the way, we're doing this and I hope you understand and, and put some of that personality and some of that human flavor into it, right? Um, and again, it doesn't have to be expensive. We're not talking about 12 foot neon lights. We're just, you know, you can do a lot with your local print shop, you know, um, you know, a, a, a two by three, a two foot by three foot sign on the sidewalk um, can look like a spectacular piece of signage for the same amount of money it takes to print six inch black and white letters. You know, it really doesn't have to be expensive, but I would say the more personality and the more of your culture and spirit you can put into the messages you're putting out on the physical signage, the more you're going to be persuasive and prepared when people are looking at your business. I don't like to use the word opportunity in this whole situation because it has a positive connotation in such a negative environment, but there are multiple opportunities to raise awareness, to um, bolster your exposure with your customer base. And I think um, given the stipulations for uh, distancing at locations for queuing for having lines of people um, and you know cordon paths of going through an establishment there's an opportunity very much like the uh, the supermarket checkout line in that you can inspire impulse purchases so I would even go so far as to recommend that if you're putting COVID signage up right below that put you know try our new cheesy bites or you know get our dessert to go you know, things like that, that we don't have to, you know, be super sterile about presenting information to people. We can wrap our best practices, our COVID procedures in something that benefits our business. You think so? Yeah, I think so. And I've always been a fan of, of um, uh, the idea I call a video menu, which I've always been intrigued when you go out to eat. And you get the menu and you just, you pick up a piece of paper and you start reading it and everything looks the same, right? Nothing stands out at you, right? You, and maybe it's a restaurant you've never been to. Maybe it's a restaurant you go to every month, but they do their best to describe the ingredients, but you don't get the picture, right? So nothing really stands out and attracts you. And then what happens? Here comes the waiter or waitress and she tells you about the specials, right? And they tell you, if they do a good job, they tell you about the specials in some sort of a visual story. So you can kind of see it coming together, right? And they tell you the process. And then all of a sudden, oh, I love that. That sounds good. Even though there's 25 things on this piece of paper, I had no idea that I was going to order what you just said, but you made it sound good. To your point, if you've got more people ordering from home because you've got curbside only, or you've got limited seating, right, or you've got people waiting to come in, the attention span of that person is a little longer, but you don't have that interactivity that you're used to. So again, how do you use your digital tool set to convey the story? So showing, back to your original point, showing how you make something showing it from start to finish, showing what it looks like, describing how it smells, bringing that video, uh, that menu to life through video, whether I'm in line or whether I'm in my living room, it's a terrific opportunity to either upsell, cross-sell, or push in a different way. And I think that there are some things that we're going to learn or we have learned during this pandemic that we're going to continue to do because it makes a lot of sense, even when we get back to whatever normal looks like. I think there's some habits that we're learning by necessity that will become a, a marketing asset and a business asset later on that we'll stay with. I agree 100%. The, well, for example, what we're doing right now, the use of video communications is going to be a mainstay in businesses moving forward. Yeah, February, Luke, 
February of 2020, I, I might do a video conference once a month, right? And now I, it's my whole day. I want to touch on something specific here. And it was actually an update to the original um, checklist. And that is for contact tracing purposes, maintain records of customers, including one customer name and contact information per party and the server of the table for at least 21 days. I read that and to me it makes sense from a you know public health interest point of view, but it could also potentially feel a little invasive, a little a little big brother. Any thoughts on how to maybe from a marketing perspective soften soften that blow, soften that invasiveness and and, and make it mm, a little bit of a smoother thing because honestly and this could just be my opinion but that's going to feel awkward hey in order to uh to trace you guys we're going to need your information well you're asking them to police right and and you're asking them to go above and beyond and it's it's you know there's personal feelings i have but from your point of view um i haven't seen this in action so i don't know how it plays out but in the early days of asking for email there was a violation there i, I remember having service um, based businesses that were scared to reach over and ask for the email because they felt like it was a gross violation of, of privacy. In fact, I have a car dealership that I have a relationship with 20 years and it took me the better part of a decade to get them to train as part of their process to ask for an email address because they really thought that it was a violation of personal information. Um, needless to say, a majority of their business now is conducted through email reminders and email programs and it's become just the norm. But they did that by coming up with a way that made them feel comfortable of asking. So they just didn't say, hey, can I have your email address and then hope for a yes. They, they put it into a script and they started thinking about how it benefits the customer, not just how it's going to benefit the company. And they talking about service reminders and I can, get, I can get a hold of you. You know, they went through this whole process and it did take them some time. Um, but in the end, they felt like whatever they developed was right for them. And they felt sincere in delivering the ask. And you know what happens is the collection rate goes up, right? Because I'm not I'm no longer just nervous of asking you. I actually understand it. I believe in it, and I, and I and I'm living it, right? And then when you get a little bit of proof of someone saying thank you for doing that because it helped me do X Y Z, then you believe in it a little bit more and it keeps going. I think I read that with a little apprehension as well, but I think that this is going to be the same way. I think um, everybody knows, or most people know. Uh, that it's coming, but as part of your signage, maybe there's a way of delivering that information uh, or maybe you have some fun with it, right? Maybe you turn it into a contest or maybe you turn it into some sort of giveaway, whatever it might be. But, um, you know, this isn't something that the business owner came up with and said, I'm going to do this. This is something that's being mandated or asked for. And I'm not sure the language that's actually in the checklist but, uh, shall or will or recommends. I'm not sure what that is. Um, but I think the more comfortable and, 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 repetitive you can make that the more personal you can make the ask and the request um, the better it'll be in the long run if this is what if this is going to be with us for a while uh, we might as well come up with something that makes us comfortable so treat it as a a personal importance and um, not a negative roadblock and that's going to come through more positively to your customer and that's that's hard to do right because yeah. you've got to keep the lights on and you've got to get the Prepped and you've got to, you know, you've got all the things, uh, and I understand it's a huge stress. Um, and then you're going to deal with people not giving the real information anyway. There's, you know, you're going to have all these different levels in there. But if there's an opportunity to make it feel sincere, 
even have fun with it at some level, um, I think you can break down the anxiety of having to to be a part of that regimen and just you know and uh, and do it with a little bit more ease. You, you touched on the the mask, right? Hiding somebody's face. The the idea of a smile to greet your customer, right? To set the tone, to set the mood. The mask takes away that empathy, that emotion. Um, so we have to be positive and upbeat in, in our sign language, in our hand language, right? In our in our tone of speech, in the marketing messages we're putting out there. Um, yeah, that, that's a roadblock that we're going to have to overcome on our personal employee level, let alone the operation. So there's a lot of challenges. I haven't figured that one out yet. I'm going to have to see some more in practice. But I've, I've, like I've shared with you earlier, I've experienced it from my side of thinking that I was conveying a positive signal when, in fact, I didn't recognize that there was no message being conveyed because it looked like this, you know. So um, smile with your eyes. More, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, I'd like to see more of it. That raises an interesting point, and I've kind of been, you know, rolling this around in my head. My gut tells me that operators, restaurant owners, are going to encounter two primary groups of customers. Customers can be lumped into one of these two groups. There's that group that is like so annoyed with this situation; they just want to get back to normal. They, they, you know, poo-poo the people wearing masks, and they just are negative about the fact that we have this quarantine COVID lockdown going on. Then you have the people that are you know, following every procedure, watching every nightly news broadcast. They're scared, but they wanna get back out. They wanna get back to normal. Those two groups have the potential to kind of butt heads. You know, From that scared group, how do you deal with the, the customer that calls the cops and says, hey, I'm at a restaurant and there's people here that aren't wearing their masks, or I just saw a server not wearing gloves, or you have the customer who's fed up with the situation, and you say, well, we need your name and number so we can contact Trace Every, and they blow up on, on the server. You know, there's yeah. a whole new dynamic in customers, and I mean, it's the sharks and jets, right? What happens if they start button heads in your establishment? <laughs> I realize that's a really broad, not really related to marketing thing, but I was curious on your opinion. Yeah, I think that comes down to culture, right? It, it comes down to practicing who you are and being firm in your principles and what your mission, vision, and values are for the organization, um, and you know, practicing that from start to finish. And, and I feel um, for those businesses that are going to have to deal with this for the first time on top of everything else that we're dealing with, because there's enough anxiety and stress in the world to add another layer to it, especially when it's beyond their control, right? But I think just being true to whoever that company is, that person is, and that culture is uh, inside your organization, doing your best is all we can ask for. Um, and then navigating through, knowing that it's not the person that they're having that reaction with, um, that's at fault, it's, it's, a, greater, it's a greater cause. Um, I did talk to a couple of hotel owners that have had that exact same thing happen from a um, license plate of an out-of-state person in the yard and the cops got called and, um, and it's very tense. It's uh, something beyond their control, and, and they don't have any power uh, in their own mind to change, or even in reality, in their own to change. They just have to comply, uh, be respectful, and, and move on with their day. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I think it's fair now, and it was fair before. There are two lives happening at the same time. There are those that talk on social, right? There's the chatters on social that, that certainly say things and, 
um, that they would never say to someone's face or do, you know. And so it builds up this false sense of reality of how much tension is actually out there when in fact, if you are spending more time on social like everybody else is, you're probably interacting with it much more and it causes a little bit more anxiety. Um, I'm of the mindset that hopefully that the in-person stuff, the real life stuff doesn't translate from social um, and we just stick to uh, keeping our confidence <laughs> online. Uh, you know, one more thought on that, and it just came to mind now in, in the vein of opportunity, right? Let's say somebody gets to your establishment, they see the line, and they're like, uh, yeah, screw this, we're out of here, we're going home for some Tony's pizza. A sign out front, you know, or in the parking lot, or at the door, wherever it is, or maybe on the driveway exiting, you know, too crowded for you, you know, call in your order and we'll bring it out to you. Like, there are ways to capture every possible sale. Yep. And, yep. you know, if you can get that person who drove in and was getting ready to drive out. Yeah. And that, and that comes back to that relatability to the anxiety, right? There's a, I was just going to share with you, there's a brew pub in our, in our region uh, that had that same, uh, same, they, they realized that the lines are going to be too long. And this is the beginning of this whole thing. They didn't have their internal process down. They didn't have their efficiencies down. They started broadcasting office, uh, episodes of The Office on the side of the building, right? So they had a 20-foot projector on the side because they knew people were going to be in their cars. So they had a, they had a local, uh, local radio station, right, whatever that shortwave 89-something, um, and a 20-foot projector of, of, of Office. And they said, please enjoy the show on us while we figure this out, too. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, see, creative solutions like that. People appreciate that. It's a personal touch, and that could be anything. There are things in this list that are, well, for example, we've got um, the importance of cleaning certain areas, right? Door handles, lights and fixtures, shared tools, chairs, tables, benches, refrigerators, clocks, cash registers, restrooms. To me, this just looks like a good old fashioned montage opportunity. You know, it's something you can have fun with and, and share personality. I, I think it goes back to one of the points that you and I were talking about was you may do this in and out every every day um, and people might not know what you do. They don't see what you do. So it's not normal. I mean, it's not special and different to you because it's just part of your day. And to your point, some of these regulations um, are a continuation of your best practices and stuff you've been doing for the last decade or two. Um, and so maybe when you talk about content and showing people um, what they want to see, just have uh, the I guess the awareness of you're already doing it, right? And and let's let's show it and have fun with it, and and uh, you know, it bring what you consider to be everyday necessity duties. Uh, if you want to spin it back into marketing, um, I was talking to a university this morning. We're doing a campaign with them for online classes come September. They've been doing online classes for 20 years in some capacity, where some are just now trying to figure it out. So they're spinning that into we've been here and done that, right? And and uh, more efficient and, and we're ready to do it. I think restaurants and food service have the same thing. We've been doing this all along, right? We're just now gonna show you that we're doing it and, and uh, you can't put the mop bucket next to the table, right? And get ready for the, for the bleach splash, but you can certainly have some, some photos and posters, and maybe even some fun um, showing that this is, this is where you've been and nobody has to tell me to be clean. This is who we are. Go out into the back office, grab your serve safe certificate and your health inspection certificate and put them right out front, you know, be loud and proud about those things yeah. because it's reassuring for people. And it's something that you've been doing for the last 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Like I said, the, the gallon of bleach on top of the deli probably isn't a good idea, but those certificates are proof that you've been doing it. <laughs>
Um, I want to wrap this up and let you get back to your day or your next, uh, your next Zoom call with an open-ended question. If you're not already considering blank, you should be. So my answer is going to be um, doubling down on culture and showing it without apology over and over and over again for two reasons. One, because, again, you want to be human, relatable. Um, you want to showcase that you are dealing with the same things that everyone else is doing. But two, we're also going to have workforce and hiring needs coming forward more so than we've ever had. We're going to have challenges we haven't seen before. Um, and showing off culture, personality, slice of life, and who you are and what you do is an excellent recruitment tool when it comes to trying to getting some employees back to the shop, whether they worked for you before or not, right? Um, so I would double down on personality. I would double down on the obvious. I would double down on culture. And I would double down on showing exactly who you are and what you do and why. Um, and I think it'll be relatable to both employees and customers in the coming weeks. Carrie Weston, doubling down on culture. Thank you very much for joining me today. And I appreciate your thoughts and feedback. And if people want to know more about you, your agency, and I know you've got a bunch of, uh, you've given it away, right? You've got a bunch of great resources, information. Uh, where can they go to find that? Uh, thanks, Luke. The website is SutherlandWeston.com. Um, and if you Google uh, Sutherland Western or my name, uh, Carrie Weston, you'll find me in a bunch of places. I try to be uh, as approachable as possible. So happy to answer any questions or if anyone has any ideas to shoot my way, I'd love to hear them too, because I'm always interested in seeing what people are doing to adjust to the, let's say, new normal one more time. Awesome. Thank you, Carrie. All right. Good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, that's going to do it for us and this episode of Dennis Knows Food. For more information, news, and updates, visit www.dennisexpress.com. As always, I'm your host, Luke Labrie, and we're putting the foodie back in food service.